What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. On a Thursday, November 21st, 2019, could you believe we're only one week away from Thanksgiving? Where has all the time gone? I am completely, utterly unprepared for Thanksgiving, and it's only a week away. You should be ready for Thanksgiving probably like two, two and a half, maybe three weeks ahead of Thanksgiving. That's when you want to prepare for Thanksgiving. I'm one week out and I'm I'm not, I'm not even ready. I have no idea what's going down uh, next Thursday for the holiday. Let Forget the podcast. I mean, I'm talking like just what I'm going to do, what's happening on Thanksgiving Day came out of nowhere. And it's it's one of the, the big holidays of the year. You only get like four uh, big holidays. You have 4th of July. That's a big one. Um, Thanksgiving, right? Christmas and New Year's. Like those are like the big, the big time holidays that uh, you always got to be prepared for. And by next week, we're going to be halfway through the big four. So it's, 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 it's crazy. And then you have uh, Christmas coming up in just a little bit over a month. And then New Year's, obviously a week after that. Christmas being on a Wednesday, uh, as is New Year's Day. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a busy time right now for the Crowd Noise Podcast. And quite frankly, uh, we are unprepared uh, to say the least. It's, it's come out of nowhere. Where has this, this month of November gone? Where has the year gone? It's already, I can't believe it's already going to be Thanksgiving. Uh, we have to uh, get to work on our, our Thanksgiving special in just one week's time. So... Um, Maybe don't look forward to that because I don't know what, uh, what the level of quality is going to be for next week's crowd noise. Now that I'm aware of it, though, I mean, I have a full week. I have a full week to plan and really get into holiday mode and then like holly jolly time because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a busy time. Forget just podcasting. I mean, just, just going through your, your everyday routine. It's a lot of stress and planning, and I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, let's go. Let's get into. This is a sports podcast. We most of the time, not all the time, clearly talk about some sports. You know, the games, the teams, touchdowns, and all that stuff. So let's go ahead and get into all that jazz uh, while we're at it. New college football rankings came out this week. Nothing really big happened. There weren't any real movers or shakers. I think the top six remain the same from last week so nothing no big changes there um but we do have some major developments in college football just this saturday only now i have to pull up my calendar again i closed it uh in just two days time we will have some clarity okay well one or the other we'll either have some great clarity in college football or we're gonna have some wicked debates come the following Tuesday when the next college football rankings are released. Penn State, Ohio State at the shoe this Saturday. That is number two Ohio State and number eight Penn State. Like I said last week, Penn State loses to Minnesota. Well, we'll get into that. We know we'll we'll save that for in just a moment. Um, we have our games in college football, obviously. Uh, had a great week in the NFL, picking games as well. Some good games. I mean, in college football, and you'll see right now when we get to our picks, not not very good games. There's one, I mean, blockbuster box office game. You get Ohio State, Penn State. And after that, 
there, there's just nothing. There's really no good games on this week in, in college. You wait one night, you have one sleep, you get into Sunday, and there are some fantastic games. There are some great games on Sunday and this week. And tonight we have a good game as well on Thursday Night Football. So uh, there's that. Let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead. Let's get right into um, it, the show. Here we go. I mean, here we go. We're off to a kind of a rough start today. Um, and that's what uh, the Thanksgiving season will do to you if you're unprepared as I am. You'll, be, you'll be just be rambling on and not know uh, what you're doing. Let's get into it. With number, uh, We're going to start with the college football rankings that just came out. Uh, this Tuesday. Not really uh, many big changes, as I said before, but I mean, we're going to give you the top 10, of course, and then we're going to break down, you know, the chances that people still have uh, to get in, uh, which teams are probably not getting in, you know, we're how we do every single week. Let's get into it. We'll start uh, from 10 to 1. Number 10, Minnesota coming off of a loss last week, and that could have some uh, Pretty big repercussions in the Big Ten and the college football playoff. Then number nine, Oklahoma survives against Baylor. I mean, back from the dead. They were down, I think they came back from a 28-3 lead. That game should have been over. It was in uh, at Baylor in Waco. They come back and win that game. Unbelievable. I mean, there's Oklahoma still alive. It actually would have been better, honestly, if Oklahoma had lost. Because like I said last week, Baylor was not getting in. And I still don't think Oklahoma is getting in. But if Oklahoma had lost, that'd be their second loss of the year. They'd be done, and then we would just we'd have the opportunity to just erase a team um, from the equation. And then Baylor, yes, they'd be in the top ten, but we'd all know they're not getting in. So I mean, because they'd have to beat Oklahoma twice to get uh, to just to win their conference. That was not going to happen. So you know, it would have offered some more clarity. It would have been more um, convenient for us should uh, Baylor have held on to that hellacious lead that they had. But they didn't, so you know it makes our job just uh, uh, that much more difficult. Number eight, Penn State. They we they will play um, Ohio State this Saturday. We will get into that, so we'll save Penn State for just a moment. Then number seven, Utah. They're still hanging around, a one-loss team. Uh, number six, Oregon. Number five, Alabama. Number four, Georgia. Then Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. Uh, top six remain the same as last week. No big changes, no changes actually at all in the top six. Remains the same. Uh, and there were there weren't any big games. None of the top six teams really had a big game last week, so it makes sense that you know the committee just uh, stood pat or stand. You can't say standed. The committee decided to um, leave the top six untouched, shall we say? Uh, but this week that is not the case. We get Ohio State number two, and then Penn State. Number eight, we get two teams in the top ten, a team in the top four playing against each other. That game is in Columbus, so that's a big, big advantage for the Buckeyes, obviously. Look, uh, I said last week there was ten teams alive, right? There was ten teams that were alive in the playoff chase, but really only I think we narrowed it down to seven or six, I want to say, around that range. Uh, Now it's even less than that because Baylor, they're done. Uh, Minnesota, they're out. Yes, they're number 10, but they had to run the table. Okay, for Minnesota to crack the top four teams in the nation, they had to run the table and remain undefeated wire to wire just to get in, and they'd still probably only be number four just because the pedigree, the quote-unquote eye test, right? You're not putting in Minnesota at number three or number two 
and having them leapfrog teams like Ohio, Ohio State, Georgia, you know, Clemson, the likes. Uh, so they're not getting in. And they weren't getting in. I, I didn't feel like they were a true threat to get into the playoff last week. So their loss was not a huge upset for me, uh, but there are some repercussions. Their loss does hurt Penn State. It hurts Penn State dearly because it makes that loss look a little bit uh, worse for Penn State. It makes it look a little bit muddier for them on their resume. Last week I said they were still very much alive. You lose to an undefeated team on the road by less than a touchdown. The committee can forgive that, especially, and again, um, and we're going to get to that. I keep teasing it, but trust me, we're getting there. They have the game against Ohio State this Saturday. It's coming. They will have an opportunity to amend that loss and make up for it even more than what they than what they gave up because you beat the number two team in the nation and what a lot of people feel may be actually the best team in the country you deserve you deserve to be in the top four okay Penn State will definitely have an opportunity uh, to make amends for that loss but if that one loss does start to look a little bit worse like Minnesota drops another another game or maybe another two games right then that looks a little bit worse because then you're saying well if Penn State lost to a three four loss team how good is Penn State really? So that Minnesota lost, it uh, doesn't really affect, well, I mean, obviously it affects Minnesota, right? But I think it hurts more Penn State because I don't think any one of us were really buying into Minnesota getting into the playoff in the first place. Penn State still has an opportunity um, to get in. It makes it a little bit, a slightly more difficult for them to get in with Minnesota losing. They need Minnesota to win out. Okay, they cannot afford Minnesota to lose any more games. Penn State does not control their own destiny, but they still have an opportunity to get in. Uh, and I think a realistic opportunity... I, look, I think they have a better chance to get in than Utah, right? Mm, they don't control their own destiny like Oregon does. Oregon's kind of a wild card, and we're going to kind of shift into the Pac-12 now. That's what you call a segue. Utah's not getting in. Okay, I don't. they're not beating Oregon, all right? The only team from the Pac-12 that's still alive, surprisingly, is Oregon. And you may think, why is Oregon still alive? Well, when you start to look at their resume, or not so much their resume, but you look at what uh, they've done and the path ahead of them, they are still very much alive. They do control their own destiny, right? And they have their one loss this, this season was on a neutral field against Auburn all the way back in week one. A game that they should have won, by the way. If you watch that game, Oregon was in control of that game, and they kind of got a little gun-shy. They were playing not to lose rather than playing to win, um, and they ended up losing that game. If you're hearing any of these rumblings behind me, um, we're currently going through a uh, not-so-severe storm warning uh, where, we're, where we're recording the Crowd Noise podcast. So um, if you have the uh, the wherewithal to put up with that, I... Sincerely appreciate that, but you're gonna hear some, some rumblings. It is again, we're getting into uh, Thanksgiving holiday season, so the weather's not always ideal. So that's what that's about. Anyway, back to college football. Oregon will control their destiny because they play in the Pac-12. They're not gonna have any more hellacious games on their schedule. Um, they will get Utah, who is a top ten team in the nation, in the Pac-12 title. So if they were to win that, they would have a top ten win on their resume. And they would be a conference champion. And they wouldn't necessarily need anyone ahead of them to lose. I mean, they are number six, but if they have a top 10 win on their resume and they win their conference, you got to think they're probably leapfrogging Alabama, who's not going to play in the SEC title game. 
They're probably leapfrogging Georgia because Georgia, for, I mean, is likely going to lose to LSU, right? So if or- Oregon really controls their own destiny to get into the college football playoff, and then once you get in there, anything can happen. I mean, they get LSU likely being the number four team against the number one team. But if you get into the playoff, it, it's, it's a do-or-die scenario. Anything can happen. What's interesting, and we brought this up last week as well, we're going to touch base with that again, is if Georgia beats LSU, that's when things start to get a little crazy. So then you'd have Georgia, who's a one-loss SEC champion. You'd have Ohio State, and that's, I mean, we haven't even talked about if, if, if Penn State beats Ohio State. Um, but let, let's start with the SEC first. And there's still so much left to be decided. And we'll, things will get a little clearer on Saturday. And again, they could also get a lot worse if Penn State were to beat Ohio State because then you have two one-loss teams. And then things get really nuts if both Ohio State and LSU have one loss by the end of uh, this season. But for the meantime, let's just say Georgia beats LSU, Ohio State runs the table. That's, that's the more ideal scenario, though we, know, we, though, though we don't normally get the perfect situations in college football. It just doesn't happen. But for the sake of the argument, LSU is getting in. With the resume that they've had, they've, they have beating Alabama, beating Auburn, beating Florida, beating, yes, even Texas, even though Texas isn't really a good team anymore. But they did beat Texas, who was a top 10 team at the time in Austin. So I'm, I'm still giving them credit for that win. Um, they're getting in. And you, their, their one loss is at the end of the season after all of these battle scars on a neutral field against a team who's fighting for their playoff life. Yeah, LSU is getting in. Alabama is out. You'd have two teams from the SEC. Georgia would likely jump up to number, uh, number two. Ohio State would probably just move up once to uh, number one. Clemson to number two. Uh, Georgia... Or excuse me, Georgia would go up to number two. Clemson would probably stay pat at number three. Then you have LSU at number four. That's a perfect scenario. And even still, you compare Georgia, LSU, one-loss teams to Oregon, right? You're saying, well, how does LSU get in if they're a one-loss team and they're not even a conference champion? And Oregon is a one-loss team and they would have one of the longest winning streaks in the country and a conference championship, a one-loss conference. They'd be a one-loss conference champion how does LSU get in over Oregon? Well, I would say LSU has the benefit um, of playing in the SEC. Oregon has not played nearly uh, the same level of competition as LSU or Georgia. And if you're a conference champion and a one-loss team, you're probably getting in. And so Oregon, I know, is really upset at that statement right now. But I can't, you cannot definitively tell me that Oregon is better than LSU despite the fact that they would be a one-loss conference champion, LSU would have beaten, again, Florida, Auburn, Alabama on the road, Texas on the road. Oregon has nowhere. I don't even think they have one game. They would have one game against Utah. And then after that, they wouldn't. their resume pales in comparison. All right, there's, there's, you, you can't compare it. Now, if LSU wins, which they likely will, I mean, anything can happen. The SEC championship game is... is a few weeks down the road, but I think we all assume LSU is going to win that game. Um, it, uh, so if they were to win that game, knock out Georgia, now you have Alabama in the conversation. And here's where things get a little tricky. Tua Togobailoa is out for this season. How does the committee evaluate Alabama without Tua, Tua Togobailoa? 
Is Alabama better than Oregon? They've passed the eye test, sure. They have the resume, sure, sorta. We all know Alabama doesn't really play world beaters in their schedule, but I still giving the benefit of the doubt to the SEC over the Pac-12. But how do they evaluate them without their star quarterback? Can you tell me Alabama, Alabama is better than Oregon without Tua? I don't think so. So I think if LSU were to beat Georgia and Ohio State were to hang on and beat Penn State and Oregon were, were able to run the table as they do control their own destiny currently, Oregon is getting in. So there are ways, there is a path for Oregon to get in to the playoff as there is for Penn State. If Penn State were to, uh, now let's get into the other side of the scenario. If Penn State were to beat Ohio State, you'd have two one-loss teams in the Big Ten, one a conference champion, one not a conference champion. The Big Ten is a great conference. I've been trying to tell you guys all season long. I think two teams could get into the, into the uh, college football playoff from the Big Ten. I really do. And we could see, like I said last week, potentially an SEC challenge, an SEC Big Ten challenge, uh, so to speak. They have that in basketball. We could see one in football. Uh, if Georgia were to beat LSU, you're putting both of those teams in. If Penn State were to beat Ohio State, it would be really, really hard for me to put Oregon over Ohio State in the playoff. Even being a conference champion, You'd be hard-pressed to tell me and convince me that Oregon is a better football team than Ohio State. And Oregon right now is red hot. They are steamrolling teams in the Pac-12. That's going to be what's ultimately their downfall. And even Utah, who's number seven in the country, I don't think gets the same level of respect or or, um, has the same pedigree as Penn State or Ohio State, clearly. So those two, those two teams playing each other, playing in the Big Ten with teams like Michigan, who seems like they're actually starting to figure things out, teams like Minnesota, who's another top ten team in the nation, teams like Iowa, who's a very respectable team, you, can't, you cannot compare the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Oregon probably needed to run the table and go undefeated. And still, they can control their own destiny if they win out. There are foreseeable paths for them to get in, but if things start to get a little bit... Uh, Harry in the SEC with Georgia and LSU, or if Penn State were to upset Ohio State this week, uh, then things start to get a little bit more muddy for Oregon. And perhaps the the, uh, the committee disagrees. Again, I'm just one person. Maybe the committee will honor their, I think it would be like a 12 or 13 game win streak if they were to run the table and win the Pac-12, and their only loss being to Auburn. Way back in week one, maybe the committee puts them in. But for me personally... The playoff is about getting the best four teams in the nation into the playoff. That was the idea of moving from the playoff or moving to the playoff from the BCS was getting the best teams to play each other. And right now, I don't know if you can definitively say that Oregon is better than Penn State or Ohio State. Maybe better than Penn State. You can make that argument and they are ranked above Penn State and I'd probably give you that one. I'd probably say right now, at this very moment in time, Oregon, I would say, is better than Penn State. But if Penn State beats Ohio State, that argument is, is null and void. You, can't no, you can no longer make that argument if Penn State wins on Saturday in Columbus. So will they beat Ohio State this week in Columbus? 
Well, I'll tell you. Here we go. We're getting into our college football picks for the week now. By some miracle, we had a 3-0 week. I don't know how it happened, but we ended up going 3-0 in college football again. A new winning streak has been established. Uh, and I have no idea how it happened. Uh, last week, we had Penn State, Indiana. Penn State barely beating Indiana. Uh, that was nail-biter. And uh, then we had Georgia and Auburn. I felt pretty good about that one. And the game kind of went according to plan. Like it was going to be a close game. It didn't start out that way, but it ended up being a close game. And Georgia won. I felt like it was going to be. I felt like it was going to be the opposite. Start off as a close game and then Georgia would pull away. It started off as a blowout. And then Auburn came all the way back and couldn't quite finish the comeback. But hey, a, well, a win is a win. We'll take that uh, 10 times. We'll take that seven days out of the week. Uh, and then finally, the one where I was truly shocked, Oklahoma beating Baylor. Now, we had Oklahoma beating Baylor, uh, but we certainly didn't have them beating Baylor via a 28-3 comeback on the road. I mean, that, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was four different teams. There were two different Baylor teams and two completely different Oklahoma teams. That game was a runaway train. For Baylor. I mean, it looked like Oklahoma just did not belong on the field with Baylor. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it wasn't like an avalanche, like out of nowhere, Oklahoma went on this crazy run. It was like a gradual comeback. They started getting some drives. Jalen Hurts got a rhythm. But it always felt like, okay, Baylor's still kind of in control. Oklahoma's coming back. But it, it wasn't out of nowhere. It was, well, I guess that's what, that's what made it out of nowhere is that they, it, it was a gradual comeback. And you look at the scoreboard and say, what the heck? Oklahoma's winning now. What, what the heck happened? And all of a sudden, you, I mean, I didn't realize that Oklahoma was in that game. They ended up winning. So, again, a win is a win. We're going to take it. I mean, I'm never going to say no to a 3-0 and week. But I have no idea how it happened. But we got a 3-0 and week. So, we're looking to make it a six-game uh, six winning streak now in college football. And, again, you're going to see we don't have the best games. Uh, this week, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. We do not, we do not have a great slate of games. Uh, and here we go. Maybe the worst game of the week amongst our pick. We try to pick the best games available, uh, and this will show you that there weren't many. There wasn't a great selection of games. We do have the blockbuster, obviously, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, the shoe, and we'll do that last because we're fun like that. But these other two games, I mean, it, it might be a cheese week. Oh well. Uh, number unranked actually Texas A&M on the road in Athens against number four Georgia uh, in the college football playoff rankings Texas A&M is unranked in the AP rankings they are number 24 uh, that spot number 24 is actually currently being um, taken over by USC I mean honestly who cares I think the college football play I, I think the college football playoff rankings should only go up to about 15 because if you're number 24 or number 22, like you're way in the back half of the rankings, you're not getting in, okay? Don't waste anyone's time. Even if you're 14 or 15, you're not getting in. But, I mean, we can't just have 10 teams ranked, right? But I think the playoff rankings should just stop at 15 because that's what they're for. They're for the playoff, right? They're called the college football playoff rankings. Why even bother ranking 25 teams when only really we only like six teams even have a chance to get in why are we ranking 25 and the other two teams that are ranked in the back half like 23 to 25 are Appalachian State 
and SMU, and then you have USC. Why are we wasting our time? And, you know, they're not even really close to being the same. You have Texas A&M ranked in one and then unranked in the other. So, I mean, whatever. I never get what I want, but that's just my little gripe. I don't understand the purpose of having 25 teams ranked in the college football playoff rankings. It, I think it's unnecessary. But here we are, A&M and Georgia. Georgia cannot afford to lose any games from this point out. I said that last week. That's why I picked them to win against Auburn. They came out in the first half like they, they believed in that uh, sentiment, like they had to play for their lives. And then the second half, they let Auburn all the way back and they kind of just held on to victory. Um, I don't think... Look, I, I'm not a big believer in Texas A&M. I don't think they're with, amongst the upper echelon of teams uh, in the nation. And that's not even really a hot take. I mean, they're unranked. Georgia should take care of business this, this week uh, at home. They have to remain undefeated for the rest of the season. They cannot afford to lose any more games, especially... I mean. They they have to win out. The only way that Georgia's getting in is if they win out. And if they do win out, I mean they're they're absolutely getting in because they'd be the SEC champ by some miracle. And then they would uh would have beaten LSU, who's the number one team in the nation. So if they win out, Georgia's getting in. Alright, I have no problem with putting in Georgia over Oregon, over Penn State. Anybody else. If you beat LSU, which no one has been able to accomplish, yeah, sure, you deserve to be in a college football playoff. But if they lose, they're done. I mean, and I'm, I kind of want them to lose. I'm not going to lie. Not because I don't like Georgia, but just because it makes things so much more clear. Right? It, it just makes things so much more simple in projecting who's getting in and talking about who's still alive. It's just one less team for us to worry about. But I think they're going to win this week at home. If they were to lose, I mean, what an upset that would be. Be a pretty big shocker in college football. And then it would be... um. Again, it would be a lot easier, especially if they lose to Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, forget it. They're they're not getting in whatsoever. If they lose to LSU, well, I mean, they're still not getting in anyway. They have to run the table. Um, I don't think they will, but for the time being, I do think they'll get a win this week. Next up, uh, Texas uh, on the road at Baylor, number 14 Baylor, who is uh, coming off of an ugly loss against Oklahoma. Now, it's no, it's no shame. In losing to Oklahoma, right? They are the program in the Big 12. But there is some level of shame of losing to Oklahoma after having a 28-3 to lead and dominating the first, the first half of the game and really first two and a half quarters of that game. And you end up losing at home. Baylor was never getting in, all right? We already talked about that. They were never getting in. But if they had beaten Oklahoma, again, that'd be one less team for us to talk about. And then we'd have, I felt pretty confident that Baylor was not going to get in anyway. So then I wasn't going to have to talk about Baylor regardless. Now Baylor's out of the equation because one, even them with a one loss on their, on their resume, they're, I mean, they're not getting in. They should beat Texas this week. They should be motivated. Another game at home. I mean, you blow that huge lead at home against a top 10 team in the nation, and you get an unranked Texas team coming in, you should be able to take care of business this week. I think they will. And if they were to beat Texas, I mean, they might jump in at number 12 or something next week. Uh, I, but they're out of the equation. I don't even know why I'm wasting any oxygen talking about Baylor. They're done. So uh, that's on that. And again, if they had beaten Oklahoma, I still don't think they would have gotten in, but they would have been 
quote unquote in the conversation. Where would Baylor be right now had they beaten Oklahoma? Right now, Oklahoma's number nine. Okay. Last week they were number thirteen. Wow, so they only dropped one spot. They didn't even get punished that bad. I think they would probably be, yeah, like number nine or number eight. And then you think Minnesota lost last week too. They dropped to number ten. Baylor would probably be like at number eight, I would think. And then Penn State would probably stay at number nine uh, from the week prior. So, I mean, you're right there, right on the outside looking in if you're Baylor. And you you blow that lead at home and you, you just you throw that whole, uh, you throw your whole season away. And then think about this. They're probably not even going to get into a New Year's Six Bowl because it, when Oklahoma gets left out of the playoff, they're probably going into the Cotton Bowl, right? Because that's the Big 12 uh, bowl game. Who gets it in the Cotton Bowl? It's the Big 12 and somebody else. Maybe the SEC, the Big 12, maybe the Big 10. I'm not sure who gets it in the Cotton Bowl, but I know it's the Big 12 for sure. Like the Pac-12 is the Rose Bowl. Sugar Bowl is the SEC. Orange Bowl is the ACC, right? Big 12 is the Cotton Bowl. I'm not sure who the other conference is, but you're not even getting into there, so don't even worry about it. You're going to go play in the Alamo Bowl or something like that. Like You blew your whole season last week after having a 28-3 lead so i mean good on you i mean you're gonna win this week against texas i don't know what good that's gonna do for you uh spent on selection sunday and finally let's get into some games that let's get into some games that actually mean something the box office game penn state ohio state at the shoe this saturday it's an early game it's 12 o'clock eastern so you're gonna have to set your alarms if you want to watch this game which is kind of strange because usually they have these games prime time. I mean, like, where the whole country uh, is, is available to watch these games. Not the case. It's, it's a morning game, uh, which is strange. But, I mean, I'm still going to watch. I'm not really upset about that because I'm going to watch it regardless. I don't care what time it is. I'm going to be watching this game for sure. We've been talking for two weeks now, counting this week and last week. Uh, how Penn State is still very much alive in the college football playoff chase because of this very game. They're able to beat Ohio State on the road. Penn State immediately jumps into number, I would say number four. I would immediately, they jump into number four, maybe not number four. They jump into five, I would say. They'd be the first team out only because Georgia's probably going to hang on. You're not going to kick out Georgia, right, after winning a game. That'd be pretty unfair. Uh, But they'd be right there knocking on the door and then we assume... Georgia's going to lose to LSU. Penn State would be the first team to take their spot. So Penn State would be right back in the conversation. Not in the conversation. They'd be right back in the playoff if they win this Saturday. That's why I wasn't really overreacting when they lost to Minnesota. Because uh, it was a quote-unquote good loss. It was to an undefeated team, a top-10 team still, um, by less than a touchdown. The committee can forgive that. I can live with that. And Penn State will have an opportunity to add a game to their resume. And that's assuming that they win, right? Because they're not jumping up in the number five in the nation after losing, especially being a two-loss team. They'd have to win uh, this Saturday for any of that to matter. I'm going to take Ohio State to win at home. I do like Penn State a lot. Big fan of James Franklin. Uh, I love their uniforms. I know that means nothing to anyone, but they have nice uniforms. I like Penn State, the program. They got a great team this year, and all jokes aside, um, I mean, they only have one loss on, the re- on, uh, on their record this year. That's still pretty impressive. You think there's only three teams left that are undefeated. LSU, uh, Ohio State, and Clemson. 
and they're all in the top three teams in the nation. So if Penn State were to have beaten uh, Minnesota, you can make an argument, or by that logic, they would be number four, if not number three in the country right now. They're a very good team. Ohio State is a great team. Okay, Ohio State is probably going to play in the national championship game, barring any, any catastrophes. Right? I think the best possible outcome we could get this year is LSU, Ohio State. I mean, bar none, the two best teams in the country this year. And people can argue. You can say, I think Ohio State's better. You can say, I think LSU's better. They're, they're neck and neck. I think LSU with their resume, again, that's, they're going to get the nod for being number one in the rankings. And I agree with that. If you beat Alabama on the road, you deserve to be number one. Even if Ohio State beats Penn State this week, I think LSU should still be the number one team in the nation. And that's how great Ohio State is. Not that LSU's better than them. But um, going back to the actual game this Saturday, Penn State's really good. They're a really good football team. I don't think they can compete with Ohio State. They have been steamrolling teams left and right. Granted, they have not played anyone yet. Ohio State's schedule at this point has probably been worse than Alabama. Not probably, it's been worse than teams like Alabama. Maybe even teams like Oregon. You can make an argument that Oregon has had a tougher schedule this year. And not an argument, they have. They played Auburn this year right out of the, right out of the gates. Ohio State has not played anyone to this point, but they will get Penn State, and then eventually they will get Michigan. Um, not sure where that game is being played, um, but it doesn't really matter. Those rivalry games... It, it doesn't matter where it's being played. They're always close, tough, competitive games. So Ohio State will have those games to add on their resume. They just have not had them yet. But, big but here. They have dominated everyone. They do exactly what you expect these teams who played nobody to do. They have done, They put up like 70 points a game. They score, I mean, in a blink of an eye. Justin Fields has been a superstar and has been outshadowed by Joe Burrow, who is another superstar, right? But make no mistake, Justin Fields is having himself a year. He's a Heisman candidate. Heisman caliber season has Justin Fields had. I mean, Ohio State, they're, I think they're, they're just too much, especially at home. If this was in Happy Valley, I think it'd be closer. I'd probably still pick Ohio State. They're so well-rounded. They have, I mean, obviously, they're hellacious defense. Every single year they have... I mean, like three NFL defensive linemen. They have a superstar quarterback every single year. This year, even more so. Justin Fields, again, has been dynamic. I don't think Penn State has the caliber, the, the superstars that Ohio State has. I just don't. I, and especially at home, I cannot see Penn State winning this game. As much as I like them, Ohio State, just way too much. For, for Penn State. And they've been way too much for a whole lot of teams this season. Uh, we will see how the Michigan game plays out. And um, Penn State definitively better than Michigan. But again, when you play in these rivalry games, there's so much emotion. There's so much passion on the line. I mean, like there's so much on the line. It's not even just playoff. And that's that's what makes those rivalry games so special. No one's even thinking about play the playoff implications. They're thinking about winning that one game because the rivalry is so intense You'd rather win that game and not get in the playoff than get into the playoff and lose. I mean, those, those games mean that much. So it will be a much closer game, Ohio State-Michigan, than I feel 
Ohio State, Penn State this Saturday. I will take Ohio State at home. And now on to our NFL picks. It's finally happened. We've done it. After, what week is it now in the NFL? I want to say like week 12 or week 13. We've finally gotten over 500. We had a winning week last week. We went 2-1. and one. We were 500. We are 15-15 and 15 on the year. We went 2-1 and one and we're finally over 500. Our record now, 17-16. and 16. No, I mean, nowhere near where we wanted to be. But that's where we are, and we're over 500. I can live with that. We have a winning record on the season. We've done it, and we need to. We need. We need to have another two-in-one week to expand and have uh, continue to go over 500. We don't want to go back under, for sure. We don't want to get back to 500. We want to keep building on this record, uh, rack up as many wins as we can, and it's going to be tough. I'm going to tell you what. This week there are some really competitive games uh, in the NFL. Makes for great watching. Uh, for as as a fan, as a football fan, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Picking these games is not going to be as easy. It's going to be tough to pick these games. I'm going to be honest with you. They're really competitive games. Starting with tonight, and maybe this one might be the easiest one, but it's still, I would say, a competitive game. Uh, maybe worth watching, potentially. Uh, you know how much I hate Thursday night football? Cannot stand it. And that's not even a segue. I just wanted to say that. I hate it so much that I just wanted to throw it in there. You know how much I dislike Thursday night football has nothing to do with any of my analysis. I just wanted to say that tonight we get the Colts in Houston against the Texans. Last week, the Texans in what was supposed to be a blockbuster game against the Ravens turned out to be an embarrassment for Houston. They were blown out of the water. Lamar Jackson didn't even play the fourth quarter. That game was done. He beat the Texans in three quarters. Didn't even need to play the last 15 minutes of the game. I think the Texans are going to win tonight. You do not get embarrassed, okay, in the NFL and then come back the next week and then lose again. And again, think about this. The Colts are fighting for first place in the AFC South. That's how, that's how far the Texans have slid. Out of nowhere, the Colts look like they can take over first place. Houston will win tonight. They were embarrassed. It's a short week. They're going to come back and play. And especially this is a first place game in the AFC South. I think that the Texans are just better than the Colts anyway. I mean, I thought last week would be competitive. I thought Baltimore was the better team, but I thought it'd be more competitive. This week, Houston is the better team. They have the better quarterback. They will win tonight. Um, at home, too. They do get a home game. I think they were in Baltimore last week. Let me check. Yeah, they were on the road in Baltimore. Tough place to play. I mean, still no excuse for getting blown out, but... I expect them to have a bounce back game tonight. Uh, no need to panic uh, if you're living in uh, Spy Central, aka Houston. Now, uh, next game. These, this is, I mean, we have two monster games. Two monster games on Sunday. The first one, the Cowboys. This is the third week in a row we've had the Cowboys on the Crowd Noise podcast. What do you know? Uh, Cowboys on the road in New England against the Patriots. Now, I was telling you last week. I bought the Dak Dreamhouse. Did not officially sign the papers just yet. Um, and I'm not going to sign the papers. Look, Dak Prescott has been phenomenal. Uh, he's inserting himself into the MVP, quote-unquote, 
conversation. And that's it. He's in the conversation. It's going to Lamar Jackson, okay? Dak Prescott's been phenomenal. Lamar Jackson has been dynamic, okay? But that's not to discredit uh, Dak Prescott. He has been spectacular. I told you two weeks ago when they lost to Minnesota, when they lost, I thought that was the best game I had ever seen him play. Statistically, went up from those numbers last week. It was against the Lions, I get it, but they are a respectable football team. That's why I had it on uh, the show last week, because I wanted to tell you, the Lions are a pretty good team. I mean, obviously, they're not as good as the Vikings, but they are a respectable team. And Dak Prescott has been... He's carrying that franchise right now. Ezekiel Elliott, for whatever reason, is not having an Ezekiel Elliott caliber season. And Dak, it's been all on Dak Prescott's shoulders, and he's done more than just deliver. He's gone above and beyond. Everything the Cowboys have needed him to do, he has proven, yes, he is in fact a franchise quarterback. However, they do play the Patriots in Boston this weekend. I I, I can't, in good faith, pick against the Patriots in Foxborough. I don't care how good Dak Prescott's playing. You could play the game of your life against the Patriots, but guess what? They got Tom Brady. So I, I cannot in good faith pick against the Patriots this week as much as I, I'm, I'm down in the Kool-Aid on Dak Prescott right now. I am all in on the Dak train right now. I'm not picking the Cowboys to win this game. And it's not because of Dak Prescott. I don't think he's going to suddenly stall and look like I mean, just go back to the suspicions that we had in the beginning of the season. Can he lead the team? Is he a franchise guy? Can he be transcendent? I don't think we're going to have those questions uh, come Monday morning. I think this is going to be more of a concern about Jason Garrett. Think about, I mean, you're going to compare Bill Belichick to Jason Garrett? Really? I mean, especially with the Patriots defense this season. Amari Cooper's already been banged up. He's been playing through injury for quite some time now, and he gets Stephon Gilmore, who's maybe the defensive player in the league this year. Stephon Gilmore having, I mean, a Revis Island caliber season this year. I think Amari Cooper is taken out of the equation for the most part. Um, I don't know if Michael, Michael Gallup had a fantastic week last week. Is he going to be able to shoulder the entire offense? Because he had a great week last week, and Amari Cooper still contributed. Okay, Amari Cooper wasn't nowhere to be found, like which is probably going to happen this week. Um, I, I assume that Bill Belichick is going to have a plan for addressing Ezekiel Elliott. He's not just going to forget about one of the best running backs in the game. I'm going to take the Patriots uh, at home this Sunday, and I'm but I'm not out on Dak Prescott. I just think this is going to come down to coaching and game planning. Not so much personnel, because it's really never about personnel for the Patriots. They're just smarter than everyone else. That's how they've built their dynasty. That's how they're going to win this Sunday. Now, finally, another really good game, Sunday night football. Cannot wait to watch this game. The Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. More like the Santa Ana 49ers, but they like to keep the name. Um... Packers are going to win this game. And I know I'm getting my picks done like right out of the gate and giving them away pretty quick. But I feel pretty confident in this one as far as I feel confident in myself. I don't, I re- don't necessarily feel like this is going to be a runaway game for the Packers, but let's break it down a little bit. Who's got the better receivers here? San Francisco's got uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, okay. 
Packers had Devontae Adams. Uh, who's got the better running backs here? San Francisco's got Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, uh, Green Bay. And it pains me, like how you would never be able to imagine to admit this, but Green Bay has the superior running backs in this game. The reason why it pains me to say that is because they have Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones went to UTEP, and uh, I cannot stand that university. But he's a stud, okay? Aaron Jones can play. Aaron Jones, he's a monster. Jamal Williams is well. I mean, he's not, he's not as good as Aaron Jones, but I'm taking the Packers running backs over the San Francisco running backs, I mean, without hesitating. Can't really compare Tevin Coleman and Aaron Jones right now. Who's got the better quarterback? <laughs> Are you even going to sit here and try to debate with me that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Aaron Rodgers? And that even and I haven't looked at the stats. You might pull up these numbers, some some wicked uh, efficiency rating or something like that. You're not looking me in the eye and telling me Jimmy Garoppolo is a better player than Aaron Rodgers. It's not happening, and I don't care what numbers you have to show me. I'm never going to buy into it. It's not happening. So if you look at offense, Packers have the better receivers, they have the better running backs, and they have the better quarterback. And yes, San Francisco does have the better defense. But again, I've said it many times, I'm going to repeat myself again. There's a reason why quarterbacks get paid so much in the NFL. This game's won by quarterbacks. It's like starting pitching in baseball. I don't care what your lineup looks like. You can get shut down by a number one ace in the postseason or vice versa. If you guys, if you if you don't have a, a, a starting rotation or a bullpen that can get three outs an inning, you're not going to win games. If you don't have a superstar quarterback in the postseason, you're probably not going to win games. And we saw it uh, San Francisco's last loss. Who did they lose to? It wasn't just by chance that they lost to the Seahawks. They lost to Russell Wilson because he is a superstar. And I think they're going to lose again this week because Aaron Rodgers is a superstar. Jimmy Garoppolo at the moment is not. And if it comes down to a fourth quarter drive, who are you taking? Aaron Rodgers against the Pack? excuse me, Aaron Rodgers against the 49ers defense or Jimmy Garoppolo against the Packers defense. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers without hesitating. So I will take the Packers this week on Sunday night. You might hate me for it. That's okay. Um, I feel pretty confident about this. I because Look at the logic. They have the better personnel. They just do. Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. And you're going to try and combat that with Jimmy G and Emmanuel Sanders? I'll take my chances with the Cheeseheads this Sunday. Now let's close it out real strong. It's time for the quote of the week. We find the best quote that I heard from the previous week, and we put it at the end of the show. We like to call it the quote of the week. We like to get to the point as well. So here we go. It's a basketball one for you. I know we did a lot of football today. We're going to end it off with some basketball for you. Quote, I haven't been playing defense the last couple of years, but it's a new year. LeBron James. Uh, After getting called for a foul, um, tells the ref, look, I'm playing real defense now. I'm not fouling. It wasn't a foul. Whatever. I don't care if it was a foul or not. But uh, there's a lot of truth to this statement. Have not been playing defense the past couple of years, which he hasn't. LeBron has been criticized uh, about his defense over the past few seasons. But it's a new year. And that's really where the root of this quote of the week is. It's a new year. In just one year's time, 
how quickly things have changed. And I get it, yes, they've added. It's not like LeBron himself has complete, like just by himself, has completely revitalized his franchise. No, they added Anthony Davis, who's a superstar, right? A bona fide stud. That'll help anybody. And that's not, we're not here to criticize LeBron. In fact, we're here to do the opposite. He is playing much more inspired defense. He looks a lot younger. Um, He looks more like second tenure Cleveland LeBron, maybe tail end Miami LeBron. He's getting those chase down blocks. He's committing to locking guys up uh, on the ball. The Lakers lead the league uh, in blocks as well. And I know that's not an an effect of uh, LeBron. That's more Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. And their bigs have been phenomenal. But the Lakers are a completely different team. It's a new year. Right now, and again, it's still very early in the NBA campaign. We're going to play from now until like April, and then the playoffs are going to start. April, we're only in November. But at this current moment in time, there's really, in my opinion, and this could change, you could add a team, you could subtract a team, but right now, there's really like four teams that are competing for the finals right now. It's the Lakers, the Clippers, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, They've still been very good, though they, they have not been extremely dominant, Though Paul George and Kawhi Leonard just played their first game together last night, so we'll give them a pass. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavericks, and the Celtics. Those are the four teams right now that are looking like they could make a serious run at the title. At any point in the season last year, were the Lakers in in that tier? Were they in that conversation? Yes, they were fourth in the West when LeBron went down. Are we really considering the fourth best team in any conference as a legitimate um, title contender? And though I just said I just said that, ironically, the Mavericks may be the number four team in the West right now. Uh, I don't have the standings in front of me currently, but if you're watching the Mavs and you're watching how Luka Doncic is playing, and they have Kristaps Porzingis, I take them pretty seriously as a Finals uh, contender. But again, it's a new year. The Lakers last year were never, and they didn't have Luka Doncic last year, and they didn't have any one player that was playing nearly as dynamic as Luka is right now. LeBron last year seemed like somewhat disinterested. And again, he admitted it himself. I'm not bagging on him. He just said, for the past couple of years, I had not been playing defense. He says, I haven't been playing defense the last couple of years. Not people have been saying I haven't been playing defense. No, he just flat out admits, I haven't been playing defense for like four years now. Maybe since the the Cavs finals is the last time he's played defense. But it's a new year. The Lakers look completely different. They are a defensive team and the best defensive team in the league right now currently. And the Clippers are going to have something to say about that as well. Adding Paul George and they get the claw and they play together. And obviously you have Pat Bev and then Montrezl Harrell. Uh, They'll make a run at that. But right now the the Lakers are the best team, uh, the best defensive team in the league. You can make an argument the best team as well. I mean, they have the best record. Um, and that's really the Lakers' bread and butter is their defense. If you watch the Lakers play, most of their offense is, is, is based off of fast breaks, getting steals, getting turnovers, uh, blocking shots, and then getting out and running. When they're in the half court, it's mostly just get the ball to LeBron or AD or pick and roll, and then shooters be ready. It's not very complex, and the offense will get – um, more complex over time over the course of the season. But right now, the defense is, is how they get most of their scoring opportunities. And it should be. They have great defenders. Obviously, 
Dwight Howard, and he's been fantastic. I cannot praise Dwight Howard enough for how he's played this year. Um, obviously, Anthony Davis, premier rim protector. LeBron is playing defense again. And at any given moment, they can run out of lineup with five first-team all-NBA defenders. They have Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, LeBron. They have Dwight Howard, and they have Anthony Davis. At any given moment, they can run out five first-team defenders. So they can play some defense, and it, it uh, definitely translate, translates into their offense. And LeBron right now is probably up there. He and Luka Doncic in the MVP conversation. LeBron has been dynamic, and it looks so smooth. That's the thing, too. It doesn't even like, look like LeBron is putting in it. He hasn't gotten into like his extra gear, like the playoff 23 mode activator or whatever. Zero Dark 23, whatever he calls it, he hasn't kicked into that extra gear. He's getting light triple doubles. I mean, efficient, easy triple doubles. He's committing, uh, excuse me, um, he's uh, co- contributing, lost the word there, he's contributing 20, 30 points easily. Anthony Davis is, is uh, making his contribution uh, as well. Danny Green on any given night can give you another 15 to 20 points. They look good. It's a brand new year. As that's why I picked this quote. Not so much the defense part, even though some people thought it was funny. I, I mean, I thought it was whatever. But I really looked at the "it's a new year" new year part of this quote because it is. There is no comparison from last year's Laker team to this year's Laker team. They all look like they're playing with a purpose. And every game is important to them. Because it is. You want to get these games at Staples Center. You want to play at home. You want to have home court advantage potentially all the way through the finals. And you don't want, you don't want to go on the road. I mean, you just don't. In any, It doesn't matter who you are, where you're playing. You want to play these games at home. And this is a team that is hungry. This isn't a Warriors team who feels like we can go anywhere. We don't care. We're the reigning champs. We have nothing to prove. The Lakers have a lot to prove. And what they're playing like it. They all have something to prove. Anthony Davis wants to prove that he can play on a championship caliber roster. LeBron James needs to prove that he's not some washed up old man. Dwight Howard is playing like he has everything to prove. They all, they all are playing like they have nothing to lose. And everything to, to gain. The Lakers have been fantastic. They haven't completely head and shoulders separated themselves from the rest of the league. There's still three other teams that I think are legitimate finals contenders right now, the Clippers, the Mavericks, and the Celtics. But I don't think at any point last year were the Lakers in this conversation. Were they in the top four, top five teams in the league? And who knows? Maybe we get our wish and we get a Lakers-Celtics finals. In which case, I mean, you know, it'd be tons of fun. It'd be a fantastic finals. It wouldn't be what we predicted preseason, Clippers, Sixers. But again, as a basketball fan, I just want to see the two best teams. And what more fun, what more could you possibly ask for than Lakers-Celtics finals? Very early. I know some people are, and they're both first in the East and West, respectively. And people are already starting. Lakers-Celtics finals, it's a long way to go. The Sixers still haven't even kicked it into high gear. The Clippers have not kicked it into high gear it's a long time from now, but, I mean, can't really stop us from, from dreaming. That's going to take us to the end of, the, of this week's episode. I appreciate you guys stopping by and sticking around. I will talk to you next week. And next week's our Thanksgiving special. Again, I forgot about that. It's only been an hour, and I already forgot. We will have our Thanksgiving special next week. 
Um, so be on the lookout for that. We'll get some football games uh, for you, the Turkey Bowl games. Uh, we'll have that out Wednesday. Or we'll have it out Thursday morning. Um, we're probably going to record it Wednesday night so we can actually watch the games Thursday morning. Um, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have some basketball on there too. Oh, that's right. Feast week starts, I think, next week as well. So we should have some college basketball next week as well. I'm, now I'm excited. I just forgot. Feast week is next week. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun next week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I will talk to you next week and enjoy the games.